Good Sunday afternoon, everybody. This is Brian Bledsoe, host of the Desert Farmer Podcast. Just wanted to hop on this afternoon and uh, say hello. Hope you all had a very Merry Christmas. And here we are on New Year's Eve, the last day of 2023 and i hope you've got some fun plans tonight uh not only for tonight but even as we head into the new year uh day for tomorrow but uh just a little bit of a recap on the things that have happened all this year it's been it's been crazy from a weather standpoint we went from la nina to el nino we went from drought to significant rainfall some areas picking up a, a year's worth of rainfall in just a handful of weeks during the course of may and early june and then we had the giant hailstorms that rolled through the western high plains during the course of the uh spring and the summertime and then we had a big december rain event that came in and uh, has done a lot of good across parts of Kansas, back into Texas and uh, eastern Colorado. And I guess not to be left out, if you lived in eastern New Mexico and across west and southwest portions of Texas, you know that you had all that rain there in May, and then it just shut off and it got hot and it goes really hot and then it was dry so we've we basically run the gamut in terms of about all different kinds of weather we have seen so far during the course of 2023. The one thing that we really didn't have over a widespread area was a significant blizzard. But keep in mind, last week, uh, we had significant blizzard conditions across southwest portions of Nebraska, northwest Kansas, parts of east central and northeast Colorado, where we had about a three-day blizzard there where a storm system in the Midwest backed up and threw a bunch of wind and light snow accumulations in there. It caused some significant travel problems right there around the Christmas holidays. So again, it has been a very active year in terms of weather and a very changeable year in terms of weather, as I had mentioned. So that begs the question, what are we looking at as we head into 2024? Well, I've lamented uh, at length on this podcast about what I think is going to happen in terms of transitioning from El Nino to La Nina. And I will talk more about that in future episodes for sure, uh, because not a whole lot has changed on that front. We are still dealing with El Nino conditions right now. I feel very comfortable and confident that we will transition into La Nina, uh, especially uh, during the back half of uh, 2024. So that leaves us with this window of opportunity here to continue to see active weather roll in from the western part of the United States. And the, the significant part about this is that December has been so mild for the most part, okay? We really haven't seen any significant cold weather. But uh, when you when you look at the history of El Nino, uh, a lot of the winters are backloaded in terms of cold uh, and wintry type weather. And by that, I'm saying uh, the first part of the winter is fairly mild. And then the shoe drops where we start to see uh, more of an intrusion from the north by way of some much colder air that rolls its way southward from Canada as it comes across the pole. But the, the thing that we need to have is the overall weather pattern to set up in such a way so it's conducive to producing that kind of wintry weather. And we just simply haven't had that. I think that that's essentially changing as we head into January and probably will continue even as we head into February, folks, because of the way the weather pattern uh, is starting to change a little bit, giving us a little bit more of a trough and a bigger trough across the western United States. That allows colder air to spill down from the north. And while it may not be uh, you know, record-setting cold or the, the worst cold snap in history, it's definitely going to be cold enough, especially if that cold air gets reinforced with snowpack. And I think that's the real kicker here, is that if we can lay down 
uh, some significant snow, it makes it that much easier for that cold air to stay refrigerated as it comes southward and has a more significant impact than it would otherwise. Because if there's no snow on the ground to keep that ground cold, uh, the cold air comes southward and it essentially just moderates out and uh, you kind of miss out on what would otherwise be uh, a significant cold snap. So that's uh, point number one, that we really need to establish that snowpack in order to reinforce the cold air that would be dropping its way southward. Now, what what could possibly do that? Well, an active storm track coming in from the west would definitely get that accomplished, and we are going to have that. Right now, I see a storm system coming in uh, during the middle part of this week that will roll its way southward across Texas. No worried as far as snow is concerned. It'll be a rainmaker down there in uh, the southeast half of Texas. The second one, though, that comes through late this upcoming week, uh, around the Friday time frame, uh, does have an opportunity to put a stripe of snow on the ground across eastern Colorado, western Kansas, and extending southward into the panhandles and back into northeast portions of New Mexico. Now, while that storm doesn't look like it's going to be huge or necessarily terribly cold, it is kind of a primer for a potentially bigger and much colder storm system to impact the mid and southern portion of the country as we head toward next weekend. So again, that one is a week out, but we've got three things in the pipeline. The first one I'm not concerned about. It's going too far south. Rainmaker. The second one that'll come through will likely put some moisture in the western high plains. Again, uh, nothing huge, but it will put some moisture into the forecast. And then the one later next week, uh, next weekend and into early next week could possibly be something significant. Now, historically speaking, we don't think of January as a, a big storm type of a month. Okay, December can be that way, and then we usually skip out on January, February, and then as we head toward March and April, those are the ones that have become more significant. So I do have to admit, a big uh, January snowstorm across the the uh, central and southern and western high plains would be somewhat of an aberration, but the computer model information that I'm seeing today definitely is keen on something very significant coming out of the southwest and moving across the southern half of the United States. Again, at this range, we're, here we are a week out. The details are very sketchy and very uncertain. So if you are browsing social media, if you are browsing the internet, and you're seeing some of the crazy talk about this potential storm that's going to roll in next week uh, or next weekend, I would just simply pump the brakes on that for right now. Is there a signal out there? Yes, absolutely there is. Is it a significant signal? And by significant, is it being picked up by all of the global models and the air ensembles? Yes, it absolutely is. Is there a cold air tap with it? No doubt about it, because as the pattern shifts, and if that storm system comes through in such a way, what it will do is lay a significant stripe of snow on the ground across the midsection of the country, especially central, western, and parts of the northern, uh, southern high plains. And then the Arctic air comes in back behind it and really contributes to a colder pattern that would actually have some staying power. We have seen this happen in the past uh, with certain storm systems that could do that. As I always talk about, one of the more significant ones that comes to mind is how we finished 2006 
and rolled into 2007 across western Kansas, eastern Colorado, and down into the Panhandle. That 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 type of transition there, where we covered those areas with snow and then refrigerated that air mass for an extended period of time, uh, really provided for a brutal stretch of weather back there from late 06 and into uh, at least January of 07. Even I think parts of February in 07 were pretty nasty right there too. Uh, but again, I always bring that winter up because it, it can happen. And and as I've said before, a lot of people forget that it can still winter in the plains where we can have not only significant snow, significant cold, and significant wind, but all three of those things can have some staying power if we get the right pattern established. And that's something that I'm going to be looking at very closely going forward uh, over the next several days is, is this pattern change not only going to have staying power, but it, it, is it going to be able to deliver the goods uh, across the western and southern high plains? So uh, for those of you that are wondering about those finer details, look, you're not going to get them at this range. You're just not. What you need to be prepared for is something potentially significant to come through next weekend and possibly in early next week. We'll have to massage the timing on that. And that's certainly something that I'm going to be warning my clients about uh, going forward and keeping them updated because if it were to come to fruition, it would definitely be something that would have a huge impact uh, on that region. So certainly something to watch out for uh, going into uh, the new year uh, with this active weather pattern that's coming in across the West. For those of you uh, that uh, have had some significant moisture in the past month, remember, we were talking about how December was going to be active across uh, the midsection of the country, especially the western high plains, and boy, did that ever come to fruition, uh, not only with some very beneficial rain, but also uh, that three-day ground blizzard that a lot of us dealt with from southwest Nebraska, northwest Kansas, and over into parts of eastern Colorado. So uh, again, the El Nino pattern that is being, uh, you know, that is helping to facilitate this active weather coming through, as I said, I think is likely going to continue for a few more months here. We've got this window of opportunity, and then we're going to have to look for some changes going forward into the back half of 2024. Folks, I, I cannot echo this enough that of, of my appreciation for you, your interaction, not only on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, or Facebook, or whatever social media media uh, platform that you are in touch with me, or your feedback here on the Desert Farmer Podcast. I just cannot tell you how much I appreciate uh, your your listenership, or your viewership, or just simply your interaction. Uh, it's been uh, it's been a great year for me. It really has been. It's been tough in certain circumstances, but it has been an amazing year. Uh, meeting so many different people, getting to go to so many speaking engagements uh, around uh, the the plains, whether it's in Montana or Wyoming or Colorado or Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico, it doesn't matter. We've had a banner year in terms of uh, just the 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 outreach uh, and the interaction with with everybody in agriculture, especially across the western, southern, and central high plains. And I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you for that. So let's keep it going into 2024 uh, and uh, see what what new things can happen here. If it wasn't a good year for you, I wish you the very best on a better year going forward in 2024. And, uh, you know, if I can do anything to help you out or make that better for you, please be sure to reach out to me. If not, I want to say have a very happy new year. I will be chirping at you right here on the Desert Farmer podcast as we head into 2024 and obviously keeping you updated on everything weather. You folks have a great night. Have a great rest of your Sunday and be well.